What would your home be like if there was no more complaining? As parents, we want to know how to take our family to the next level. Where our children choose into excellence. Where poor behaviors melt away naturally. And where our connection to each other is rich and beautiful. We are Kent and Amy Bowler, and our purpose is to help you achieve just that. This is where joy lives. Welcome to Revolutionary Families. Whoa, beautiful, amazing, <laughs> a dream. Nirvana. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, the complaints. Does anyone else get complaints? It's going to take so long. I wish I didn't have to do my jobs. Why do we have to have this for dinner? I'm so tired. My favorite is when we've spent the whole day in miraculous, magnificent, fun, you know, canoeing, kayaking at the lake, going out to eat, uh, seeing cousins and friends, making a big breakfast, having an amazing day all day long. And then at the end of it all, what are we doing tomorrow? We never do anything fun. (laughs) (laughs) How about this one? We never have good snacks. (laughs) Are we there yet? (laughs) None of us have ever felt this before in our families, right? Um, I think it's just a natural part of parenting that we get to hear these complaints and it's not even some of these words as we were thinking as we were talking about some of the complaints and even typing them up when you write them down they don't even they don't sound that bad just like I'm tired that's an expression of what they're thinking it's not even so much the words they're saying it's the way they're saying it and you can't see us but a lot of times with this complaining, there's a whole lot of negative body language going on too, like maybe laying on the ground or eyes rolling or some kind of emphasis to the horrific treatment that they're having. <laughs> the definite trauma that's right. being experienced in right. that moment. <laughs> okay, so we know that, that this isn't something that we want and that we don't want to encourage it. So how do we get to this place where there is less complaining? Is it possible for kids to learn how to not whine and complain? Yes. Yes, we believe it is possible. Are we in that nirvana state with our family? No. <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting better. We are getting better and we have hopes that it will continue to get better. Yeah, it's gotten a lot better over the years. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> I think the first thing to remember, like... Everything else with parenting is that they are watching us and they're watching the way we speak. And our example is going to speak so much louder than any instruction that we give them on how they should speak. And so we need to first look at ourselves and say, okay, how am I speaking? Do I complain about the bills or do I complain about the weather or do I complain about the socks left on the ground? It's possible that we were just complaining about the children complaining. Oops. That's true. (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) Paradox. (laughs) Yeah. And, and what, 
what makes something a complaint versus just, I'm sharing my opinion. Um, I know, I think sometimes as parents, when our kids tell us things, we take it as a complaint and like, shut it down. Like, hey, we're not complaining around here. This isn't a complaint session. When in reality, they were actually trying to communicate with us. They were trying to let us know how they felt. I think even as spouses, we do that with each other sometimes. You know, we're trying to communicate things to each other and we take it as a complaint. Take it the wrong way. Yeah. So I think as parents, the first thing after we have our example, the second is to see that even if it's done in a way we don't like, they are trying to communicate with us. They are trying to let us know something. And we want to get to the bottom of what is it? What is it really that they're concerned about? Right. They obviously have a need. There's something that has gone awry, perhaps, or something that they feel is wrong. Sometimes it's that they feel like they aren't getting the love that they want, or they don't feel safe, or they just don't feel... Yeah. Something's not right. Yeah, something's not right. Yeah, so sometimes it's a whining or it's a crying. With a toddler, it might be an all-out fit. It just depends on where they are. And we want to make sure that we are holding space for them, that we are not discounting their thoughts and their feelings, and that we are allowing them to feel. And sometimes that doesn't look so pretty. And their feelings are real. And maybe their feelings are are sad or angry or especially not happy with something we've done. My gut reaction is to shut it down and be like, eh, too bad. You can't not like what I'm doing. I'm a great parent. And doesn't look pretty because they're still practicing. Yep. They are not expert communicators yet, nor are they divinely in tune with their inner self, with their emotions and what they're actually feeling. They don't know yet. And they're just totally practicing and trying to get a handle on it and go, something's not right. Right, right. right. Sometimes our, our 13-year-old daughter, she will just tell us, I just, I don't know, I'm just sad. And no, they just, they have big emotions. We know toddlers have big emotions. But kids do, and teenagers do too, and adults do too. Yep, we and, do. And that's that's kind of part of the key of reducing that complaining is that us as the parents, that we don't get flustered when they're having those big emotions. When they're whining and complaining, we can be even keeled. That doesn't mean it's easy, but we can choose and we can learn techniques to do that. Right. What's really cool about this is that as we learn to not discount their perspective, as we learn to actually allow them to be heard, then guess what? Now they feel better about our relationship and they trust that we are going to hear them. And so they don't have to go to that extra level of of, of adding that emotion into it to get our attention anymore. Right. Because they know that when they speak or try to communicate with us that we are there for them. And we want to hear them. We will listen to them. We will hear them. Yes. We let them be heard while also holding to our boundaries. And those boundaries, we're not teaching them in the middle of the complaining session. We are teaching them 
those boundaries at an earlier time when everybody's doing great, when we're all feeling happy. And maybe it's a family meeting that we're teaching those boundaries. Maybe it's a one-on-one time with a child who's having a lot of struggles with some complaining. But there's a time for teaching those boundaries. And then when they're having those complaining times, that's when we hold to those boundaries and and let them communicate and let them have space, allow them to feel and not dismiss that and listen. But also when it goes too far, if it goes too far, that's when we hold to the boundary. Right. So good. As we hold to those boundaries, it's so much easier for us to hold on to those boundaries when we are in a state of calm, when we are managing our own emotions. And so to help us with that, we do the things that we've talked about before, right? With having a toddler mindset, with seeing them as practicing, recognizing that they're still kids, they're still figuring it out. We hold on to that and remember also that their agenda may not be the same agenda that we have. And so that's the whole point of this exchange is we're trying to understand each other. They have a need that's not being met and they're working on communicating that to us. And so we just need to let go of our emotions, let go of our prejudgment and and hold on to that calm so that we can hear them, so that we can hold on to the boundaries that we've set up beforehand and have this exchange of information the way that we want it to be. Yeah. And sometimes it's just a matter of they're bored and they can't think of anything else to do. And they've kind of gotten in a habit of complaining when they're bored. So for us, maybe we just need to ignore it and kind of redirect like you would do with a toddler who is throwing a fit and then you find a new toy and oh, they look over here at something different. So just realizing that they are young and their emotions have not been developed. It's scientists keep changing the age that they say our brain is fully developed. Initially, I think they said 24 or 25. The last thing I read said 28. So they are quite old before their brain is fully developed. And they do these extraordinary things. And they're so smart. And we see them so capable. And so in those capable moments, especially I think about a teenager, you know, so capable of doing amazing things. And then the next day, they're whining and complaining, almost throwing a fit. It's like, where did this come from? And that's just, that's just childhood. That's just growth. That's just a toddler learning to walk. Sometimes they take a step and sometimes they fall down. So sometimes they can go through an afternoon and be okay. And other times they go through an afternoon and they whine and complain. And so being patient with them and seeing that there's something that they need to work on, but also that, that it's going to be hard, that they're going to be emotional and more emotional than adults. That's how it should be. That's part of the growth. (laughs) Yeah, so good. So when we see those patterns, when we start to recognize that there might be a gap in skill set or understanding, then when we're in a good place and when they are in a good place, then we can sit down with them and maybe do a role play and say, hey, let's do a, a role play of what it might look like to go through this situation and do something that's emotionally charged and we can role play and practice going through it and teach them skills as we go through that so that they develop the skill that they need to be able to communicate properly. Yeah. The point of all that is that we don't do it in the moment. When we're emotionally charged, whether it's us or them, we're not in a good place to learn together. So we we wait. Yeah. And then now we have that as part of our wheelhouse, part of our training, and we practice it the next time around and we'll keep practicing it. Yeah. And sometimes 
These kinds of things can be learned in the books that we read or the movies that we watch. When you see a character who is maybe excessively complaining. Talk about it. Yeah. What do you think? How does everybody feel about that? What does that do for their friendships, for their family? Or maybe it's a good example. Pollyanna. Love her. Just so positive, so happy, able to see the bright side of every situation. Those kinds of examples are great, great learning tools too. So good. Some of the boundaries that we have established in our family, and you will determine what they are in your family. We just wanted to give you a couple of ideas. Yeah, yeah. So we want to make sure that where it goes too far, that complaining where we're talking about, we're going to allow them, but not where it goes too far. So name calling is something that's not okay. So someone can be saying, oh, such a hot day or it's just such a hard thing. That's complaining and it's not against any one person. But as soon as they say something like, he's the meanest brother or she's a liar or you're the worst mom ever, you know, that is name calling. That is belittling someone else. And that's not okay. That's crossing a boundary. And so that's something that we're going to definitely not have as a part of our environment in our family. That doesn't mean it never happens. It does, just like other things that we are trying to eliminate from our family. But that's not what we want to create. And so we are going to be constantly teaching to have them not do those things and find communication and ways to express that that will be more positive. And by the same token, we don't want to go into excessive complaining. And so there's a continuum as our children grow and grow up and become. And so as they get older, there's less and less room for whining and moaning. And so we drop that tolerance as they get older. Right. Reduce that tolerance. Right. And they gradually, they gradually learn and they gradually improve. And it's also something that we can talk about in our family meetings. When someone's feeling belittled by someone else, it's a good thing that we can talk about and help them understand the other person's feelings. Um, Another thing that we like to teach our kids is a way to deal with those negative emotions that doesn't include whining and complaining to other people. Maybe you really do feel like your brother is being mean. What are some proactive things that you can do? Maybe talk to the brother, talk to mom and dad. Um, Maybe you want to write out your negative feelings on a piece of paper and rip them up and get rid of them, you know, work through those emotions in a healthy way. And so we want to teach our kids that so much more powerful than, than allowing the whining and complaining to continue or to amplify or the other side of it in just shutting down any negative feelings. And I know there's been lots of times in my parenting when I've just been like, nope, nope, I don't want to hear anything negative. I just don't want it. And that's not healthy either, because that's not real. And it's not true for us. We have negative things that happen. And we all need someone or an outlet where we can deal with our negative feelings and our negative situations in our life. And our family is the perfect place for that. Yes, so good. Our family is the perfect place for that. The bottom line to all of this is that in that family, that perfect place, 
We want to be sure that they always feel our love for them, that they know that that love is unquestioned, it's firm, it's always there, that even when they screw up, even when they make mistakes, even when they do something wrong, that we still love them, that we still care about them, that we want to hear from them. And when we have that solid foundation underneath all of this, then our communications will improve and that complaining will go down as we love each other and care about each other and hear each other. Yeah. Okay, so a few steps here for you today. One, set the example with your communication. Two, give them space to communicate too. Yes. And the third, stay calm. Fourth, teach them when we are both in a good space. And the fifth, make sure they always feel our love. You are such amazing people. We love who you are as parents. We love the work that you do day in, day out. We know that nobody sees that, but we see you. And we know that you are giving your all. And we applaud you for being parents who love and care for your children. And we urge you to go to revolutionaryfamilies.com. We have some more help for you there. It's a tool that will help you to see that good in your child to actually take a minute to write down some of the attributes that you see in them. And as you go through that process, it will solidify it in your heart and make it easier to see that good. And always remember to trust that God trusts you.